Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. In our defense, they did leave us unsupervised. The show starts now. Have you ever heard of some fellows who first came over to this country? You know what they found? They found a howling wilderness. With summers too hot and winters freezing. Did they have insurance for their old age, for their crops, for their homes? They did not. They looked at the land and the forests and the rivers. They looked at their wives, their kids, and their houses. And then they looked up at the sky and they said, Thanks, God. We'll take it from here. They were rugged fellows. They were men. Hi there. Welcome. Kate Daly Show. So happy to be with you. Last hour on a Friday. It's a Friday show for sure. A little variety. And uh, look, the border will be there on Monday. We'll talk more about the border on Monday, of course. And uh, we've got great guests next week. And um, it'll it'll keep for the weekend. I just, sometimes I need a break from the politics slog. So, um, so today we're kind of focusing on a little bit of history. And I've got a great guest, Courtney McInvale. And I'm so happy to have you on the show, Courtney. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Courtney is an aficionado on um, all things uh, Civil War Ghosts of Georgia. She has written two volumes on that and also Civil War Ghosts of Connecticut, Revolutionary War Ghosts of Connecticut, all kinds of haunted history, war history, all kinds of different things. And, and, and you know, what it was like back then. What what did they feel? What were they doing? What was going on at the time? How did they feel about different things and topics and and moments that stand out? And I'm actually excited to kind of hear from you because I, I'm a history buff. I love history. And I feel like we don't, we don't go there enough. We don't try to understand it enough. And I think with proper context, you could really understand what's going on in this country right now. And so I love that you're all about this. And I, I know people are going to wonder, okay, what... What drove you into this topic? Because you're a young gal, and I, I mean, most people aren't into this kind of genre. So so what, what drove you to it? Sure. So, I mean, I personally think history speaks to everybody, and mm-hmm. everyone should be interested in it. Sure. Uh, and it has everything to offer us, all the human stories. But I grew up in a house that was extremely haunted, wow. and so we had a lot of activity growing up. And when I was about 15 years old, some famed ghost hunters, Ed and Lorraine Warren, were called to the house. Mm-hmm. So I always had sort of a you know, curiosity for the paranormal. Uh, But I was also raised by a history major and a teacher. So my dad was a history major. My mom was a teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was filled with books every night. And my dad made sure I was filled with books on war history. And uh, so when I got older, there Mm -hmm. there it is. (laughs) I love that. I think it's great, though. I really do. I knew people were probably going to ask, okay, why, you know? And, uh, (laughs) And so were you, I'm sure you were fascinated as you got into these stories, because there's lots of tours all kinds of things that actually go into a lot of these stories, these places that are that are seriously haunted. So I want you to start there right. because I think it's kind of, it's kind of fascinating with it with the people that are haunting them. So what was what oh, was yeah. 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 So, I mean, researching these things is really sort of fantastic. Mm -hmm. And we have this opportunity to read so many newspapers online of what people were writing at the time. And they would write their ghost stories or their near-death experiences, especially during, you know, the Civil War. They would write about how they would almost die or things they saw. And so it's really sort of spectacular to 
read these accounts mm. and going through them, whether I'm researching a book or a tour, I'm looking for those firsthand accounts more than anything, mm-hmm. why people are, you know, believing in spiritualism, why they believe in the afterlife. And some of the stories are just so profound. I think they put modern day ghost stories to shame, you know, <laughs> they do. I bet they do. Give us one. I can't sure. So I think one of the biggest Civil War ones I got when I was researching Georgia was about a young boy who was 18 years old who went off to fight. And it was in the middle of the war. He was too young at the beginning of the war. And he was fighting close to home, close to his hometown in Georgia. And he sadly died in the battle. And his father was so distraught, as was his mother. And he wanted to go bring his body back home, which, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them expected they might die, but they didn't want to be left there. Sure. And so he he talked to one of the other soldiers that had fought with him. They go out there. They look for where they thought they had put his body on the field. Mm-hmm. They can't find it. And so the father's disheartened. He goes home and tells the mother he'll look another day. And then he wakes up in the middle of the night because he feels a temperature change in the room. And he looks next to him and he sees the figure of his son who looks battle-hardened and dirty and mm-hmm. his clothes are tattered. And he says, Father, the Yankees put me in a different mound and I'm under a pokeberry bush and he you know made note of it but thought this could be his mind playing tricks on him he just mourned his son you know and just looked for him Mm -hmm. but the next day he gathered his son's friend went back out to the field saw the mound as his son described to him in his room the night before saw the pokeberry bush exhumed the remains and sadly he couldn't really tell they had you know started to decompose but then he looked at the shoes that the remains were wearing and those were the shoes he gave his son the day before he marched off so you know just chilling tales like that of the afterlife being real Mm -hmm. and bringing closure at the same time i would imagine the that whole east coast that whole area is and 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 the south is just rot with these kinds of stories i mean when when are you getting are you getting stories from people reaching out to you all the time I think people always have experience of where they see things and feel things Mm -hmm. and they write to me to know why, Mm -hmm. who is it and why, why is it at this spot? Why Mm -hmm. is it at this time? Why is it at this part of the battlefield? Things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's other things too, that are a little bit harder to discern. Like there's a story called the roll call of the dead. That is one of the scariest stories I've ever heard. And it's, it's about a cemetery in Atlanta, Georgia called Oakland cemetery. And there is a plot uh, that appears to be vacant, but it's not. It's thousands of unknown Confederate soldiers. Their names aren't known. They died in the Atlanta campaign, a lot of them. And there used to be this monument there that sort of marked... Uh, where they were buried and it was a lion it's not there anymore Mm -hmm. but the lion you know sometimes people would say they would see its mouth move late at night Mm -hmm. and people would be calling the police into there because they would see the lion's mouth move and then they would hear a man calling out names and they would hear responses saying that they were present well one young boy and his Mm -hmm. father decided that they wanted to sort of check out this haunted cemetery Mm -hmm. and it's a big cemetery there's a lot of places to check out and the father and son went in different 
different directions. And the son William went to the lion in the unknown graves, Mm -hmm. and he saw the lion's mouth move. He heard the names being called, and then he heard his own name come booming from the vacant part of the cemetery. They called his name William Bender, William Bender, over and over, as if he was being called in the roll call of the dead. And I found out that police officers even quit their jobs in Atlanta Mm -hmm. when they had to come to the cemetery for the roll call of the dead because they couldn't explain it. Okay. (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, who's to question? I mean, if people are having these accounts, it's not like you could go make that up. I mean, I don't know how or why they would. I mean... Right. And and some of these stories, you know, for the Civil War specifically, they start being documented during the war or immediately after. So it's not like, oh, somebody made it up and put it on the Internet on Reddit 10 years ago. You know, (laughs) like these folks are reporting these happenings early on. And they were writing about them. They were very what what was their feeling about them? I mean, was it just kind of like we accept this or or was it crazy town? They expect they accepted death in a way I think we fear death a lot more mm-hmm, today. They mm-hmm. almost accepted it. They knew it was inevitable. They knew their lifespans were shorter. They knew that they were in a time of disease and war and trial. So it was less of a fear about that Mm -hmm. death happening as about being remembered. So they focused on connecting with the dead, ensuring that their spirits were spoken to. And that's why you see big rural landscape cemeteries. They were built Mm -hmm. as parks so that you could go talk to your deceased loved ones. So they, you know, it was a part of their death was a part of life and it wasn't something to be feared. Mm -hmm. Only being forgotten was something to be feared. Are there certain like hotbeds of activity, like certain places that you get a lot more reporting on than others? Or when they wrote about these things during the Civil War, when they were recording these things, are there certain hotbeds? Sure. So um, Gettysburg, of course, is a known hotbed of activity. And Mm -hmm. that makes all the sense in the world. And that's because over 50,000 casualties took place there in three days. Um, It's, you know, an immeasurable amount of loss. So that being said, there's been stories that have been reported there since Mm -hmm. the battle itself. Uh, There were soldiers on the Union side who reported seeing the ghost of George Washington leading them to the proper spot so that Mm -hmm. they could be victorious. There were Confederate soldiers that reported that they saw Stonewall Jackson at Pickett's charge as if he was in a union uniform trying to warn them where the union was Hmm. and then at the end of the battle of gettysburg uh there were stories from local farmers about these pits where 900 men were sort of shot down in a matter of minutes from a north carolina brigade and in the days following the battle the farmer said they could see the specters of the soldiers standing up in formation and getting shot down again Uh, so this happened immediately in 1863 being reported oh my gosh What about the Revolutionary War? Because you did a book on Revolutionary War, Ghosts of Connecticut. Yes. So they are a little more Puritan in their mindset uh, Uh versus the Victorian era. And that changes their view on the afterlife a bit. Mm -hmm. So because they're a little bit more religious in their mindset and they're coming off of this concept of predestination, Mm -hmm. they're not as open to the afterlife. So even though there are Revolutionary War ghosts that I've encountered, Mm -hmm. it was more that it was written about later by their descendants than it was them because of their religious beliefs. During 
the Civil War, you have the Victorian era, Queen Victoria, Abraham Lincoln. They're having seances in their homes. Oh, my god! They're gosh. setting a precedent for what spiritualism is. Right. Oh, my gosh. I can only imagine. So were there just as well, were there just as many recordings from the Revolutionary War time where people recording as much probably not when it came against the civil war not civil war is not more. as much like if you they're not as literate then mm-hmm. um and the population isn't as big then uh yeah i've read through some of the journals from you know captain nathan hale and folks like that mm-hmm. and benedict arnold and some of their writings but they are more writing about here's our war movements here's where we are here's what we're doing or they might be saying my brother visited me today i missed him mm. it's very very present and in the moment they don't seem as faded maybe mm-hmm. because they're more in their religious beliefs versus in the Victorian era there's more this sense of fate that's coming at them. Interesting. Okay Courtney uh, McInvale she does these tours. She's written so many books on the subject. Civil War Ghosts of Georgia Volumes 1 and 2 and of course uh, Civil War Ghosts of Connecticut, Revolutionary War Ghosts of Connecticut and, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about the people about because I think in that in that mindset you know the Civil War comes up but we don't really ever talk about what the people were doing and thinking and and we tend to put a 2023 sort of landscape on that which is kind of ridiculous really so um, to put our mindset on that yes so we'll be right back more with Courtney when we come back Here's some comments from you guys in working with Birch Gold, which I absolutely love. You've heard me talking about them on the air. There's a reason for that. I think there's a crucial time right now in which you have some choices to make, which you can shore up your IRAs and your um, accounts with gold. And it might not cost you a dime, which is awesome. Um, But here's one comment. This was my first time purchasing precious metal products. I did my due diligence and educated myself on how precious metals are priced and sold. I chose Birch Gold because of the very high marks on their business practices. It was the right choice for me to go with Birch. The whole transaction was smooth with no high pressure. Don't you just love that? I love that. Also, establishing my new IRA, filling it with products will provide me security against the waning U.S. dollar. The staff at Birch Gold honed their process of teaching how to inform potential clients of their services to very efficiently opening new accounts and providing expertise and assistance by selecting the appropriate PMs to purchase for their customers. I love that. There's so many great comments from you guys. High marks, definite high marks with Birch Gold. You love them. I'm so glad. By the way, get some help. Just text 989898. Text my name, Kate, and you'll get some free information. Please do that. Just text my name over while you're sitting there. Information is free. That's fantastic for you. Thanks, you guys. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com, hitting 25 million on SoundCloud. I have you guys to thank for that. That means you're sharing the show. Really appreciate you guys. And uh, make sure you get over to balanceofnature.com. That supplement actually works. If you want to know if a supplement that works, because you're probably looking for one, given our food supply problems, um, you need nutrition. And um, that will help your immune system more than anything. And our immune systems are located inside our body, not outside. So so we need to be taking some products. And so balanceofnature.com, code word is Kate. 
great and you get 35% off in free shipping. This product actually works. My whole family takes it and we absolutely love it. Um, okay. Courtney uh, McInville is with me and your website is Courtney McInville, right? CourtneyMacinville.com. Okay. <laughs> you can go get her books, um, which delve into a lot of experiences we won't have time for today. But, you know, we were just talking on the break about the about finding their mindset and, and what they thought about and how they viewed the world. And because it's so different than how we do now, but we always like to shine the 2023 light on everything and, and act like we know what they're thinking. And we don't. And you were you were talking about the, the, the people in the Civil War and the, some of the reasons that they were fighting. The grandparents. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of the folks that fought in the Civil War, especially the officers who are able to sort of uh, survive the war and articulate more in their memoirs than the, you know the ground soldiers, mm-hmm. is they document that their grandfathers fought in the Revolutionary War, or you know their great grandfathers, and they felt like they are protecting these homesteads and doing their ancestors justice. And this is documented on both Union and Confederate sides mm-hmm. that they felt that they were sort of perpetuating what they had fought for with the Declaration of Independence for the. Patriots. So it's sort of really fascinating to see that these opposing sides are still fueled by a common ground. Oh, absolutely. And then they find that common ground. Talk about that on the battlefield in the Civil War. They do. So uh, a lot of the younger folks are really participating in this war, 18 to 21 year olds. And this is normal for the time. Uh, And this is their first time, a lot of them leaving home. They don't really actually know what they're fighting for because they don't have a lot of money, right? So Mm -hmm. they are just told that they're fighting for home and they both go out and they do this. Well, in Gettysburg on the wheat field. There's mm-hmm. a story about a Confederate from Georgia and a Union man from, I believe he was in New York or Pennsylvania. And the Union man, after the terrible battle and encounter in the wheat field, he is he's dying. He's bleeding out. He's dehydrated. He's calling for help. His own side's afraid to come help him that they think the Confederates are going to shoot him. The Confederates are a little bit scared, but this 20-year-old Georgia boy sees him and he feels bad and he crawls over and he brings him some water. And then he says to the, you know, the Georgia boy, can you bring me back to your side? Just put me up against a tree, anything. And he says, your guys are going to shoot me if I do that. And (laughs) he says, please, please, you know, and all these dead bodies are all around. And he puts this man on his back, this other young boy on his back, crawls through the wheat. He doesn't get caught, props him up against a tree. Right. And he gives him some more water. And then when he leaves with the rest of the Georgia regiment, he sort of leaves him there to die and thinks, I, at least I put him under the shade of a tree because the battle's in July. Right. It's right. hot and sweltering. At least he's somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. and that union man lives and he spends his entire life after that war looking for that Georgia boy, putting out ads in the paper, talking about he, how he's his hero. They eventually find each other and they correspond. And just before they die, when they're in their 70s, 50s years later they meet in washington dc at an event for veterans and theodore roosevelt hands them an award for how they treated each other at the time and i think it just speaks to the common humanity even in a time of war among those who are out there oh i love that i really do it's a great story and you know i i think um you know did they did they write about um what what it meant to them what it meant to them to be a, a a you know to have this country or to be an American, because this was very young in being an American age. So Revolutionary War and Civil War, we were a very new country, right? Very new country. Yes, yes. And in a way, we still are. Yeah. And yeah. so they 
they knew that. You know, what they write about is, of course, doing what they believe is right. Mm -hmm. But mostly they write about their family. Uh, They write about their parents, their siblings, those that they love, who they miss, who they want to get home to, what they're Mm -hmm. doing this for. So this is really what's propelling these men. You can tell them it's about politics or so-and-so wants Mm -hmm. you to have this job or so-and-so wants you to have slaves. They know that's not their reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're farmers. They just want to be home with their family. And, And that's what's propelling them is safety, mm-hmm. a roof, and food on the table and for relationships, their future. relationships, kids, wife, yeah. spouse, yeah. Just, um, just like now. Love. Yeah, that's one thing that we yeah. always all do have in common. Doesn't matter what what war, what battle, what undeclared war we're in. It's always it always mm-hmm. comes down to that. I love that. We'll be right back more with uh, Courtney McInvale. She does very popular tours. Has written many books on the subject. It's just awesome. We'll be right back. Well, I've been taking it for some time. We saw the ad, and we thought we would give it a try. And I noticed after the first month, we just felt better. I told my doctor, too, and she says, this sounds like a really good product for you to be taking. We plan to take it for life. I ran this by my doctor. I always run it by her, everything I take, and I told her I've been taking this for a while. Is this, is this okay to take? She goes, oh, this is wonderful for you to take. Keep taking it. She goes, I approved it. This is very good. So she said, yes. She said, this is one thing you can take that's very good. I'm not going to stop taking out nature. Step into the new year with a new you. Go to balanceofnature.com and sign up as a new preferred customer to get 35% off your first order, plus a free fiber and spice supplement. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this exclusive holiday offer by using discount code KATE. Is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show at your service today on a Friday show and um, keeping it a little lighter today and something kind of intriguing. I've never talked about actually this this particular topic on the show. So I'm always up for something new and I'm always up for variety and just understanding those people that um, fought so hard and gave everything for us to be here is always intriguing to me. And Courtney McInville is with me. And if you go to CourtneyMackinville.com, you'll find her book. She does very popular tours and all through Mystic, Connecticut, all through um, Georgia, um, you name it, Revolutionary War, Civil War. There's just so much there. And we can learn from our history of the people that came before us. I mean, they fought long and hard. Lots of sacrifice went into this. And as you pour through journals, I'm always, it was interesting. I poured through a, a pioneer journal and the grandfather lived with this, this woman when she was a child and he was in the revolutionary war. And so they would talk about it all the time. And he was saying how he was a, a general in the, in the army. And he was saying, oh, I just, I don't, I don't know if our country's going to last 20 years. I mean, well, there's no way we can keep this Republic. Look how difficult this has been. And, and she heard these stories growing up, but it gave her the courage to get through the pioneer times, right? Which were a lot of sacrifice and, and moving West and that sacrifice fed off that sacrifice. And I just think that we need to look back and realize how much was sacrificed for us. And that when we look back with kind of a healthy attitude, we, we, can, we can learn a lot from our ancestors. What were some of those aha moments for you, Courtney, in these journals and, and in these stories? 
Yeah, I mean, on your point, too, they called it the Great American Experiment when they started off Mm -hmm. uh, during the American Revolutionary War. So they knew that this was like up to, you know, their descendants to really keep this going. And the Civil War was one of the biggest challenges that they had to that. What did they mean with America? And, you know, what were they standing up for? So, you know, it's always been debated and arguably Mm -hmm. we're still experimenting. But when you read sort of these, these journal entries and these things that people are writing about in in sort of what propels them forward. A lot of the ones that really sort of stand out to me too and that are written Mm -hmm. about have to do with leaders Mm -hmm. um, and what makes them want to be a general or an Mm -hmm. officer or come to that position during the war. And, you know, one of the ones that I think we forget about is Robert E. Lee was a general Mm -hmm. in the Confederacy, right? He was pretty much the leader of Mm -hmm. the Confederate army for all things considered. And uh, he was asked first to lead the Union army. Yes. He was asked by the Secretary of War and he really, he felt so torn, you know, do I defend my country? I'm part of the military. We've been serving together with all of these men or do I defend my home, which was his state of Virginia. And he just ended up saying, I can't take up arms against my family. So a lot of these accounts, you know, always strike me. Mm-hmm. But when you're reading sort of the things that are written about by people mm-hmm. who were not officers, what they're writing about is really just a hope for a better future for themselves, a hope for opportunity and a hope to do their ancestors proud. Mm -hmm. And they are willing to sacrifice whatever it takes for the next generation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's, that's something that always sort of sits with me a Mm -hmm. lot of times. Yeah. Um, and how they sort of value each other in that way. Because right, we don't hear uh, that. We don't hear about that a lot. I mean, people aren't, you know, focused on I've got to make my ancestry proud. They're focused on what they're doing now, but not that. Right. Yeah. It's as much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they saw the big picture and we seem mm-hmm. almost unable to see it. Like we're very focused on the present. And and mm-hmm. I get it sort of, you know, as a society, we've become very self-focused, which in some ways mm-hmm. is, is great. It's a privilege. But then also we forget this interconnectedness and they have a heightened awareness of this connectedness mm-hmm. and how what they do uh, affects other people. So it's really sort of a fascinating thing to, mm-hmm. to read. One of the most fascinating sort of people to read about. And I, you know, I go both ways on how I feel about him to this day Mm -hmm. is uh, General James Longstreet. Mm -hmm. So he uh, he was in the U.S. Army. He -hmm. fought in the Mexican-American War. And then when the Confederacy sort of takes place, he's debating whether he wants to be a part of that or not. But then he decides, well, that's his home. He doesn't really have a choice. Mm -hmm. So he joins the Confederacy. And he and Stonewall Jackson are Robert E. Lee's sort of right hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they both get shot in the same place. Jackson dies uh, you know, Longstreet mm-hmm. gets shot there a year later. He survives until his 80s when he bleeds out from his war wound. It's weird. Right. That being said, Longstreet goes back and changes political sides at the end of the war. Mm-hmm. And reading his 
thought processes, reading what's going on in his life and how personal events and relationships with the people he fought with and his friendship with Ulysses S. Grant change everything he does is absolutely fascinating. But both he and Robert E. Lee said, we lost the war. We have to focus on coming together. If we don't focus on coming together, the country doesn't have hope. So they very much are documentarians on even saying, even if we lost, we have to come forward. Mm. Ulysses S. Grant, he's one of my favorites to read. His memoirs, which Mark Twain published, um, they're beautifully written, and he wrote them when he was dying of cancer. But he writes about Reconstruction and how he has to give the Confederacy a soft loss, how both sides have to become one, how we have to listen to each other, Mm -hmm. and how that has to propel us forward. And all of these men left these nuggets of wisdom about what inspired them and what should inspire us. And Mm -hmm. it's really fascinating. Um, Ulysses uh, Grant, uh, wife, the wife. Can yes. you tell that story oh, real yes. quick? She's, she's fascinating. So Julia, Julia Dent, um, and, and this is, of course, much debate. Ulysses S. Grant, famous Union general. Mm-hmm. Julia's from the South, and, you know, they didn't really want her with him. You right. know, they had a really funny courtship. Um, and I love them. They're actually on the portrait uh, on my office wall behind me as I speak, the two of them. Um, <laughs> but Ulysses' wife, Julia, claimed to have a gift of prophecy. Because uh-huh. remember, a lot of these people believed in spiritualism and the afterlife and communing with the dead. And, you know, he usually trusted, whether it was prophecy or intuition, that Mm -hmm. she would be correct. Uh, And sometimes she would travel to war with him, as many wives would, to add a sense of, you know, I've got to keep an eye on what my husband's doing and make sure he's safe. Mm -hmm. Well, at the end of the war... You know, Lincoln is having dreams that he's going to die, but he's only telling a couple people uh, because he doesn't know when, why, or how. He just Mm -hmm. knows he's dreaming it. And uh, he doesn't tell Ulysses S. Grant, but Julia says to Ulysses, you're supposed to go to the theater with Lincoln, and, you know, I I don't Mm -hmm. want you to go. I, I have a feeling you're going to get killed there. And he says, listen, I can't keep turning down the president because you don't like his wife, you know, the no, wives didn't right. like each they other, like, like each other. <laughs> you know, cause this time, remember he's not president. He's just right. a general. He's right. like, I know you guys don't get along, but we got, we got to go. Sure, and sure. she's like, no, no, tell him there's a family emergency. We've got to go back to Missouri. We can't, you know, mm-hmm. come up with something, tell him no. And then a messenger arrives at the house, inviting them to the theater. And she looks at him, you know, tell him no. So against his best wishes, he judged, he trusts his wife judgment even though he's like the general that just won the civil war and he <laughs> says to the president no i can't go to the theater with you right and him and julia leave new york mm-hmm. and at that point of course it was for theater lincoln gets mm-hmm. shot and then it is revealed in the big you know the plans mm-hmm. for the assassination that grant was supposed to be shot as well but his wife's prophecy saved him oh my gosh how funny yeah yeah, yeah. I love I love those kinds of um, stories, too. I do. I absolutely love them. We have about 45 seconds left before we go to the next break and and we'll come back to 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 finalize the show. And, I, you know, I wonder how many of the when when you're doing the the ghost tours of the, the Revolutionary War, Civil War, what those encounters are usually like. I mean, are you looking at people sort of bewildered? Are they, are they people bewildered by what happened or angry over what happened or lost? 
Yeah, so know. people's reactions on the tours, um, a lot of them know less history right. than you think. Right. Uh, so everything is new information to them, even though it's so, not new. So what but, about the ghosts? What about the ghosts? The, the, like the encounters that people have, are the, are the, the ghosts, are they mad, oh, angry, yeah. like upset, lost, sad? I mean, I, well, you can answer that when we come back. We're going to come right back. Sure, I will. Um, I will. And, uh, and a couple more things to say about the encounters, things that have happened. Be right back. Hey, Dally Show. A little fun on Friday with Courtney McInnell. Be right back. Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies Supplements. Changing the world one life at a time. I'm always on the road driving and I take care of people's dogs. I do feel a difference. And I'm always telling everybody about take balance of nature, take balance of nature. And the fiber and spice is really great. You know, sometimes when you're on the road all the time and you don't eat right and stuff, I take that and it's just, it's wonderful. It's very good. Step into the new year with a new you. Start your journey to better health by calling 1-800-246-8751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and signing up as a new preferred customer to get 35% off your first order, plus a free fiber and spice supplement with free shipping and our money-back guarantee. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this exclusive holiday offer by using discount code KATE. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com, fun Friday. And uh, interesting, intriguing Friday, I have to add. Um, welcome back. And of course, uh, Courtney McInvale is with me. And please visit my uh, sponsors, my pillow, amazing sponsor. Um, activate FIQ. I take copper and magnesium because they started taking copper out of our food supply in the, in the 1930s and forties. There was a reason for that. It's the master cleanser of the body. You should be taking it too. Um, take it with magnesium and also, um, balance of nature and then text birch gold, 98, 98, 98, text them and get free information. Text my name. So if you have your phone available, text 98, 98, 98, you're going to get some fantastic info on what's going on in the money world right now. And, um, just text my name, Kate, and you'll get the free info. And then I would shore everything up. You have, um, out there IRAs and, and, um, all of the money that you kind of have hanging out there, I would secure it with gold and it doesn't cost you anything. So what are you waiting for? Uh, I would do it. Um, text 98, 98, 98 and text my name, Kate. Courtney McInville is with me and I was asking her about, um, and it's CourtneyMcInville.com and you can go get her books about the civil war. She's got two new volumes out. Um, and she does these tours and I wanted her on my show cause I, I felt like, man, that's intriguing to me. History and the people in our history are intriguing. So I was asking you about, so when people say they have these hauntings and these ghosts come to them, are they angry, mad, sad? Are they, are they, are they trying to figure out what's going on? Are they trying to re- keep reenacting the war? What, what are you finding? Yeah. I mean, I think we have this sort of notion of the paranormal that, mm-hmm. you know, 
an unfinished business is right, a really right. popular term. And, uh-huh. you know, if we deliver a message or we help them, you know, cross into the light, like, you know, Jennifer Love Hewitt <laughs> on Ghost Whisperer, well, you know, the world will be better place <laughs> right. or something. Right. Um, you know, that's not my encounter when I'm, mm-hmm. you know, out there. I have encountered energies and captured voices, but a lot of the messages, be it on the tours or when I'm researching, are a lot of remember what we did here, remember mm-hmm. who I am. This is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. It's much like how they lived. They're ensuring the perpetuity of their memory. So it's a lot of like, this is a story. This is a lesson. They have something to share that maybe we could benefit from. Mm -hmm. So their presence is is helpful. Um, There are also tragic ones, you know, some of the lives cut short who maybe don't realize they're dead. And time is different. Um, I often think, too, there are residual hauntings. You know, when I walk Mm -hmm. on a battlefield, Chickamauga, Antietam, Gettysburg, I can hear gunfire cannon. I can smell strange things. Does that mean that a spirit is causing that? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Or the energy of what happened has just imprinted into time. And it Mm -hmm. keeps replaying in sort of time to remind us of the gravity of of these things. Mm -hmm. So it's always something that we should be taking into consideration. There's a reason it's happening. It doesn't necessarily mean we have to go cross some ghost over, but pay attention and listen to what they're trying to say. Right. Because in the Revolutionary War, we were fighting the Brits, but we were in those genres. (laughs) We were that nationality until we became Americans. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Civil War, you're fighting each other. And now you've you've come into this new country and now you're fighting your fellow American. And I think there's a lot of people right now that think uh, we might have a, a civil war again, that that might happen. And that's why we go back in time and we look at, we, we kind of dissect, you know, what happened and how they felt. And, and I, I can only imagine somebody, somebody wanting that. I was here. I sacrificed. I did this. Don't blow it. Don't ruin what I had to do, you know, <laughs> meet my demise over. Do you know what I mean? Right. They did it. Yeah. They did it to prevent it from happening again. Right. And it, you know, we always hear history is doomed to repeat itself. But mm-hmm. when you really get into history and you see all these links and, and things that are in common, you're like, oh my gosh, how are we here again? Yeah. You know, um, so how are we doing this? And, and for them, it was, oh my gosh, the Revolutionary War. Some people say that was a civil war too. They were all British, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, and so they were all you know, you were either loyal to the king or you were mm-hmm. going to try this new freedom thing. Yes. It, it didn't mean either one of you was a bad person. It was like, what's my safety net here? Mm-hmm. You know, what's mm-hmm. going to happen to my land, depending on who wins, is really propelling yeah. people forward, you yeah, know? Absolutely. Same during the Civil War. What's going to happen to my jobs and my land? Like, what happens mm-hmm. to me? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm nervous. So then, then on top of that, you're adding on these two wars, something that's different from today, which mm-hmm. it's it's hard to figure out how it would look today, because then they are face to face in close combat with each other. You have to look the person you're killing in their eyes, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's something that is unfathomable. So it's kind of funny. We expect to read a lot in journals of all oh, this horrible thing happened to me today. Mm-hmm. This is how I feel. Right, right. But they want to write about anything else but that. Right. They want to think of anything else but that they want to think of their wives their children Stonewall Jackson wrote more about gardening than he did about war you know yeah, so yeah. It, it, they, they are people yeah. at the end of the day just trying to get back to their lives that is so true when I was reading all the pioneer journals I was really going through a lot of them and it was a lot of weather <laughs> now weather is the last thing I would write about I'd write about how I feel about what's going on or I'd write about you know but and my relationships with my kids and my spouse but weather i mean it, it was a lot about weather it was kind of interesting it was like 
it's winter. I mean, I, I don't know how to expand on that, you know, uh, but for, but for them, it was like, uh, you know, and the day was, you know, long and the sun was out and I, it was kind of a, it's kind of a funny thing, but you didn't have a whole lot going on. Life lived, life was a lot slower back then. And they're, and they're reliant on nature right. and what they grow. You know, mm-hmm. we're very privileged. We have, yeah. you know, yeah. heat or air conditioning all sure. year. We have a roof all year. We have a grocery store all year. Yep. They do not. Right. So right. the weather and that was key. Yeah. Is a role, right? yeah. yeah. So key. And you can tell so much. And that's, you know, and, and I'm trying to make a point too about that, about how much we've changed and how we can't take 2023, how we think about things and, inge- and inject that into the mid 1800s, because there's no way people would understand how those people felt about the war. They felt like they were fighting the last war. And of course, we kept getting handed wars. But um, any other story you want to end with with a couple minutes to go? Sure. So this one always sort of brings something to my heart is Uh that soldiers often felt that they had angels with them in the Mm. form of their loved ones or, you know, people that predeceased them. But one of my favorite angel stories is from an artillery regiment in Georgia. Um, And they, when they were training, a little dog with no tail, who they said was an ugly little dog, came up to their camp and they named him Charlie. And he joined them when they were in Virginia and they mustered out with him. And he stayed with them for the duration of the war. He was the first to cross to the Battle of Antietam. He was in Gettysburg. He got chickens for them from local farms and brought them to the people that were starving. He slept with them. He was their best friend um, and he took care of every single person in that artillery. And that the Battle of the Siege of Petersburg, after the war has ended, he's resting beneath a tree and a loose piece of shrapnel hits him and he dies. Mm -hmm. And they give him full military honors. They bury him beneath this tree in Petersburg and they go on to write a three page obituary about this dog no and way. everything he meant to this artillery. They were the lowest casualty count in all of Georgia and they chalked that up to that dog being their protector in many ways. And they said he came just when they needed him and he left just when the war was ending and they didn't need him anymore. And that to me just shows the interconnectedness and the spirituality and Mm -hmm. the humanity among centuries. Courtney McInville, it's been really fun. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Courtney McInville.com. You, you bet. Courtney McInville.com. Get her books on the Civil War, Volume 1 and 2. And uh, really appreciate you listening in today. Of course, be faithful, be fearless. As we always say at the end of the show, be faithful, be fearless out there. Have a great weekend. We'll be back to talk about border on Monday and give you some insights to some things I've been thinking about on the border um, in Texas. We'll see you guys. And, uh, Have a good one. KateDallyRadio.com. Here's what's 